Hey guys, Alex here. We've recently started to broadcast to Earth, and we've been told that if we are to proceed, because this is the first not tester broadcast, to keep our our voices on the airways, or rather on the spaceways, then we are obligated to give some news. So here is traffic and weather for today. At the I-5 wormhole, there is a pileup, which it makes sense for this time of day. You can get around it by going through the I-9, so long as you don't need to require those four pesky exits that are in between the I-5 and the I-9. Beyond that, for weather, we have, if you're living in the Crab Nebula, a bit of a problem with some solar storms going on. For those of you who are driving your cars on a normal day, please keep in mind that you are to look at the road. They may be pretty, but don't want another astro car fire. Those things are a nightmare to put out, and also they're terrible for your family. And for those of you who are adrenaline junkies, please keep in mind that other people are out there. But, you know, have fun. Anyways, on with the show. Alright, so... Let's kick this off as fast as possible because it's the first episode. I have been getting a lot of things in my uh, in my Twitter DMs, almost all of them about you, actually. Uh, by the way, to anyone listening, this is Alex and uh, and Luke. We are the Warlock and the Worldsmith. And Luke, I've been getting a lot of questions, and I want to put this to rest because it's been just invading, invading my Twitter. And it's, do you identify as a plimbo male? Well, these days, um, Alex, it's, it's difficult to determine what I identify as. It generally determines how much money am I going to get for identifying as something specific. Um, these days, I actually prefer to identify as a um, uh, Schwartz male, personally. A Schwartz male? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Though I, I can only compare that to identifying Sweet Lord. as uh, – what's the name of the, um, the tire man? The tire. Oh, oh wait, I need to look that who's up. Made, who, who, he, he's part of tire commercials where he's made up of multiple white tires. Ty- uh. Okay, so when I searched Tire Man, the first thing that came up on images was Tire Man Studios. You know what? That could be it. And there's a website called Tire Man. No way. Oh, no. What is this? I have found something cursed. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's just wheels. <sighs> You're a trusted tire repair shop. Oh, goodness. Now I'm going to get a bunch of freaking recommended ads. Uh, anyways, back to being quick on topic. Uh, so, the the Plimbo Mail thing. I, I saw it, and so I, I researched it, and the only place I could find it, of course, was the Urban Dictionary. What fun. Uh, and now an excerpt of its definition, or just its full definition, I guess I should say. Uh, a plimbo male is a being who has ascended past the needs of a physical and fixed form, much like the clay deity plimbo. They are not spiritually nor physically bound to their body. They are formless, mysterious, and powerful beyond measure. Their philosophy and way of life is far beyond the comprehension of any mortal being. And then I, I, I dug deeper into this rabbit hole. <laughs> Because, you know, we, we already know about Alpha, Beta, Sigma, uh, though they don't want us to know about them. And um, and now we know about Plimbo. There's also apparently, according to Urban Dictionary, a Theta male. Really? A Theta male? You got to tell me more about that. <laughs> Who is apparently a, a mystic and an autistic. Ah, that one might be me. I might that's be. I, I might be a Theta male. That's literally the opening line. 
Oh, no. I will note, I have only read the definition to Plimbo Mail. I have not read the definition to Theta Mail before. And I was not... <laughs> oh, no, it's not autistic. Sorry, it's aesthetic. I saw a U where there wasn't a U. I identify as esoteric. <laughs> esoteric? Ah, uh, sweet, merciful heavens. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But there's, um... There's, there's even more of these, which is... I think the funniest thing in my opinion, because you can just look at Theta Mail and you can keep going down this line of, uh, it, it mentions in it that, uh, they embody only the deepest modes of mystique evidence in the multidimensional Zeta Mail. Now that right so there is a lot to unpack. Zeta Mail is a thing. Why don't we, why don't we start to unpack yeah, exactly. with what dimension do Sigma Males already exist in? Sigmas, sigmas don't exist. They're betas pretending to be alphas. That's the joke. Mm, I never thought of it like that. Because the idea of a sigma male is that they uh, they are an alpha who isn't like making it obvious that they're an alpha, which is why I love that meme of the uh, sigma grind set number 37, eat magnets. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And it's a dude vaping through his nose. It's fantastic. As one should. I'm going to put that up on screen if I have it. But, uh, but yeah, freaking. So I found out about this. And apparently there is a list of males made up by random people. This is like if SCP were to be real life. That's horrible. That's terrible. Well, no, because it's because it's community made things. But these things actually exist. You believe alpha males actually exist? Well, no, but I mean like the the mindsets of these because I've met people that think that they are top dog, that think that they are like the king of garbage mountain. Doesn't that just in the sense? Oh, of, there you go. I am an alpha male. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, and then I've met people who who personally identify as sigma males. You will find anything at college. So you really can't just find so some seeing, weird kind of people. I could feasibly find somebody either ironically or unironically identifying as a plimbo or theta male. I mean, in the, in the deepest part uh, of my heart, I like to think that I'm a plimbo male. <laughs> okay, I just read the actual definition of zeta male. <laughs> it's a it's a bored person typing into the Greek letter plus male intro <laughs> into the Urban Dictionary to see what it says. And then the, 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 the use in a sentence is, yes, yes, I'm talking about you, you absolute Zeta male. Wow. I like to think of myself as an Omega male, really. Thing. That's the most self-aware thing that I've thought that I've seen in my life. I'm going to look up Omega male really quick. Omega male. It exists. There is an entry. Um, a confident and capable male who doesn't seek approval or abide by social hierarchy. He seeks his own goals and defines his own successes. And then there is a paragraph-long use in a sentence. You know, that sounds about right for Urban Dictionary, if I'm being honest. Yeah, eventually it just devolves. Sweet goodness. Why did I decide to open the episode with this? There's just such a great rabbit hole to dig into there. Well, it's it's funny because it's it's again like the SCP thing where you can just start reading and you start reading and reading and reading and reading and, reading and then you don't notice but an entire day has gone by. 
you're sitting in your parents' basement and you haven't had a job for five years. But uh, hey, 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 Alex, don't, 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 don't. don't you're not supposed to dox me. Come on, man. We talked about this. <laughs> I didn't mention where the basement was. I they know what basement it is. Our our listeners have access to the necessary transdimensional uh, network required to figure out exactly where I live. So 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 listeners, I, I'd like to well, give you, you know, the personal you know they, request uh, to not dox me. Um, I really can't afford another lawsuit. You know they they wouldn't be able to dox you if you're using today's sponsor NordVPN. I'm kidding, we're not sponsored. <laughs> uh, if we were. I'm not sure if I would take that sponsorship. I've heard VPN softwares are pretty great for sponsorships. They really let you go. I mean, do you know who Seth Zinch is? Who? Seth Zinchak. Um, he is a YouTuber who I very much enjoy. And his sponsors tend to just get the most rambling, autistic, esoteric, maddening, schizophrenic um, uh, adverts that you've ever heard. And, and it's amazing that it keeps getting sponsorships, really. Really? Wow. I mean, there's a great one where he just talks about how he got drunk one night with a buddy um, and uh, got logged on to his Amazon. And he had some stuff about ordering um, very expensive uh, lighters, what is very much a crack pipe, and the Anarchist Cookbook. And he found it funny, and then he recognized he he did this when he was at his friend's house on his friend's computer on his friend's account. And he came home and he looked at his own account on his own computer and – it was uh, it was, it was all on his account, and it was really hilarious the way he talked about it. But um, I think I think VPNs. I'm gonna assume that it was it was like recommendations were given to him because of the fact that his buddy bought a crack pipe, which was realistically him buying a crack pipe. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is that he doesn't like that you can't have friends on Amazon, um, Amazon Prime. So that gives the implication that they they have already tracked and sold your data. Um, it was very hilarious way to get a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think VPNs can be pretty chill about their sponsorships. And you know what? I I would well, like to give a schizo rambling. <laughs> it wasn't about it wasn't about the sponsorships. It's about all that uh, garbage that you hear about in court cases nowadays with um with uh, content logging. That's why VPNs are Stuff great. Stuff like that. Well, no, the VPN logs content on your on your. Computer. It depends on the VPN. Some of them. Some of them don't, like uh, private internet access, uh, yeah, sh- private internet access and stuff like sure that. Pretty sure either but- Nord or Express doesn't, um, and I only know that because um, there's a buddy I have, Trevor, who was looking into. Um, mm-hmm. It's not his name, but we're gonna go with Trevor. Um, yeah, we're gonna go with Trevor. He he actually had an interest for a very long time in. Um, becoming a police officer, and so he got very close with several police officers, and he learned that police officers often complain about either Nord or Express VPN. I can't remember which one, but one of them um, has been has been served several times with warrants requiring them to turn over the data they have that they've saved from their users, and they have always given it, um, and there's nothing there. <laughs> they just say we don't have it. Yeah, no. Like you examine the service, they they apparently there was some explanation for it. I'm not intelligent enough to remember it, um, but basically. They have a system where your data can't be re- like recorded. It's I think I think it's RAM or something, whatever it is. It's um, they they literally cannot um record what you do while on their servers, which sounds pretty good to me. I mean, yeah, that, that's the idea of using a uh, VPN, but some of the larger VPNs straight lie to you and they're like, no, we don't log data. And then in their terms of service, it's like, yeah, we totally log data. Well, it sounds like a VPN is good practice uh, for learning to actually read terms of service. Yeah, it is. Which is, uh, no, yeah, it's it's the same thing with like Honey. Is that in uh, in 
Honey's v- in, in Honey's TOS, they note the fact that we do not log or sell any of the information that we're getting from your purchases. And it's like, oh, then how do you make money if you don't log and sell data? Well, we have uh, we have commissions. That's how we make money. And it's like, oh, okay, that's fun. Which is a great way of getting around the fact that you're not an advertising company. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, and 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 listeners, don't don't read our terms and conditions. It it really doesn't matter. It's not that interesting. Um, and I some of it's an elder Torah yeah, speak, I, so you might go insane. Honestly, it's not really a good idea. We have a lot of viewers across the um the 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 fourth sector, so we try to avoid um you know the. Well, I mean, this entire this entire arm of the galaxy, we have at least some people listening to exactly. us. Exactly, and so I, I found yeah. listeners that it's best to just not try and read the terms of service. We had HR write that up for us. I gave a little look over, um, and I had a headache for the next. Um, well, I, I was told by the doctor it's going to be another fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a pain. You have to have a, not saying that you don't, but you do have to have an intelligence of like, I think it's around two hundred or something like that. I think that's what the actuarium said. I know. Yeah, it sucks. This is the last time we can jolt a witch doctor it's... for making our terms of service, right? Yes, it is. We're just going to use the actuary for the rest Honestly. of it. Honestly. She can see the future. Sounds a good idea. So. Yeah. Not terrible. Alex, how have uh, you been? I've been doing perfectly fine. I mean, there are, of course, the physical ailments of my body, such as twisting my ankle and stuff like that. But uh, besides that, it's, it's perfectly all right. How you done? Well, you know, I, I've been better for reasons that I legally cannot state at the moment. Um, but outside of those, uh, things are trucking along pretty well. Did you hear recently about what's going on in the um, far-off uh, quadrant known as Canada? Oh, pray do tell. Well, I have been reading through the most reputable of news sources called the New York Post. Um, and <laughs> apparently – not only that have they, they, they they've literally been giving pay uh, not pay not paper um what's it called spam calls um offering euthanasia to those who they think might need it oh yeah i i have heard of that uh they're making it i believe they're referring to it as assisted suit no no that's not the legal term it's something else uh they're offering essentially medically assisted death effectively to those who might request correct. it correct which is is that's, that's the funny thing is for example it shows how humans are devolving there was a paralympic athlete who by the way paralympic athletes are always fascinating to me because that requires a special set of skills um no pun intended but they are really impressive usually with the way that they can use their the bodies and basically oh, man, overcome what they are missing especially the ones in wheelchairs the way they could like this isn't even a joke this time what they are yeah. capable of doing is really impressive to me a Paralympic athlete um, was discussing that, like, was mentioning that she was having a hard time getting around her house, and so she was looking into getting a, a chairlift, which is completely reasonable. And she yeah. got offered um, yeah. assisted suicide. Yeah, which is which is because we because we live in a backward society. We live in a dystopian uh, like future that I I can't even begin to process. And then again in Canada because we love Canada here. Um, uh, please sponsor me, Canada. Um, the corporate state of Canada has also decided. <laughs> To um, I don't want Trudeau on my doorstep, man. <laughs> I've also decided that a um, veteran Canadian soldier suffering from PTSD who's looking into it was also given the option of euthanasia. Yeah. Which, you know, it really, it really just puts you in that Canadian mindset of, oh, you're having a hard time, eh? Kill yourself. 
you know, it's 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 weird how they're they're said to be such polite people, and this is like the first thing that they're doing. That's a huge story in, I think, years besides the trucker story. Oh, I mean, they also, um, you know, completely removed the the people no longer have the ability to disagree with what the government's doing because they don't get handguns anymore. Oh well, yeah, but if you look at the way that their entire uh, what do you call it? Their entire government is structured. It's far, far different than the American government. Oh, clearly. So our government—it's not something. Well, it, it's not something you have to fight tooth and nail to either have or take away. It's something that the government can just give and, uh, what do you call it? Steal, I guess. I, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. If you get my point. I mean, because it, it's it's not in there in structure seen as a whatever you call it, an, in, uh, an inalienable right. It's in their structure seen as something that the government has allowed to happen. Correct. I mean... You know what the, I mean? It's interesting. So uh, good old um, status defenders will always mention that the Constitution was meant to be based off the Magna Carta, um, which the Brits came up with. Um, and that's their defense on how Europeans and Canadians still have their idea of freedom. But it's interesting. If you look at the heritage of nations... Um, you can really tell a lot about a nation based off of what grew their founding. Um, and a great example of that is Canada and America. Um, the United States, mm -hmm. I mean, our blood is, is is soaked in rebellion. That is the basis of our existence. I mean, you know what we did the second we got our independence and made the Constitution? Bacon's Rebellion. I mean, we yeah. rebelled against ourselves. And it, it really says a lot about how, how Americans function and the way that we have this constant our idea of being free and safe is being able to threaten um, a government, which I, I can get behind. That's pretty based. Or well, not only that, but it's like the uh, it's the old tale of essentially sharpening and what do you call it, refining iron. Is that it must be done through the fire? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's that entire the the flames of rebellion will sharpen the iron of the nation exactly and then you look at Canada which was founded off like I mean they 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 like they they almost act like fans of celebrities the way they interact with the Queen I mean they're not even a part of the Commonwealth anymore and they still have the Queen on their money and they still have her on all of her money yeah so her face is still on every single dollar bill that exactly they have. <laughs> which I mean, it gives you a real idea of how the Canadian like heritage thought and functioned and the thing is. I'm not even going to do like the usual fun thing, which is to immediately crap all over them. Um, I, I, I'll even give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you look at Rome and they didn't have – I mean they, they didn't have a – our idea of freedom and you can still call them a great nation. But Canada at some point in their history has been great. I mean look at the work they put in in World War II. Um, however, you can definitely tell that when you are – when you look at a nation that's entering this new age that um, civilizations are entering, Canada and America are definitely having a different um, – we'll call it a different tech tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a different it's a different way of progressing through it, life. It, I guess it, it, it really <laughs> is. Um, but it's 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 interesting to think about to be to to be sure. Um, I I I. I I don't know if I'm allowed to. I'm not, if I'm not allowed to say this, Alex, uh, cut this. Um, but I, I'm praying for you, Canada. I am. I know that there's some people over there who truly care for their freedoms and for their people, um, and for your liberties. Um, regardless of who you are or what you are, um, you'll manage. You people over there, you can do it. You'll make it through. I'm leaving that in. Okay. Uh, I, I just, uh, just don't want to don't want to step on any toes. There is there is one thing that I do need to show you. And uh, it's it's rather interesting. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I have to save an image off of Google Images. 
Ah, dang it, it's not a JPEG. Um, in this time, uh, uh, I can, uh, I'm going to thank our sponsor, Charlie Mops. Um, Charlie Mops is one of my all-time favorite creators. Um, really, out there, you can't find a better one. Um, he's consistent, capable, and everything he's crafted has been nothing but majestic. Um, my favorite example of his creations, um, you can, uh, is, is, it's a very little-known and rare um, item. I understand if you've not heard of it before. Uh, it's known as beer. Um, and I'm very personally uh, happy with my purchase, and I recommend you happen to look into it sometime. Um, and again, this is our sponsor, Charlie Mops. Back to you, Alex. <laughs> Sweet goodness. All right, I'm going to send you uh, – I'm going to DM you an image because I find it funny. It. It's, it's, it's rather interesting because it's so wildly accurate once you start looking at it. You ever notice that Justin Trudeau looks just a bit like Fidel Castro? <laughs> no! Oh, no! Well, you know, the, you, you know the rumors, don't you? Someone someone pointed that out to me, like, three years ago, and I was like, no, that can't be right, because I'd never seen Justin Trudeau before, and I've, like, read history books about Fidel Castro, but I don't really care about Canadian... Uh, I don't really care about Canadian politics. And then I then I looked at it and I saw Fidel Castro when I was researching about like World War One and a bunch of different wars and stuff like that. And then I saw a picture of Trudeau in the news and I was like, huh, that's um, I understand why the conspiracy theory is a conspiracy theory. I mean, people think that Trudeau is Castro's I'm son. Say, I'm just going to point out, I mean, you, you look at how Fidel Castro and Mrs. Trudeau interacted. Um, and also how how uh, Mr. Trudeau interacted. They had, they had an open relationship. That was the that idea. is true, and that, that is a yeah. very interesting concept to consider. That uh, Mr. Trudeau could have <laughs> gone, just, just... you know, hey, uh, Mr. Castro, I have I, I have a proposition for you. Uh, tyrant of Cuba, I have I have a proposition for you. <laughs> I just love how as soon as you search, uh, because the search that I searched was uh, Justin Trudeau's son of, and then it filled in the rest with Fidel Castro, and then I went to images, and it was just like all comparison images. I'm just saying, there's a... Uh, people who already believe this conspiracy. I wonder, if Justin Trudeau grew a beard, um, would it look that similar? I don't know if he can. He looks too much like a child. I think he eats too much McDonald's and Taco Bell, too much soy. He has he has too much microplasty in his skin. I mean, at a certain point, you start to age backwards. <laughs> at a certain point, not only do you start to age backwards, you start to stop living. I'm not sure that heart attacks are caused by uh, by overstimulation in the in the food product. I think they might be caused by overplastics in the body, which would be an interesting idea. A death by plastic. Ooh. I mean, I've heard of wars. Imagine ingesting so much oil, you just. Die. I'd say I have. I'd say I. I'd say I could think of worse ways to go, but I actually can't. Well, yeah, because that that one's like the long, slow burn. You turn into Nikakavo avocado. Also, very embarrassing and humiliating to your family name. Your bloodline does end there. Yeah. Of course, in in some instances, that might be a good thing. Take for example, if you were a descendant of Hitler, that's what the uh, I heard about this. That's what two of his kids are saying is that it's best for them to remain celibate and like not do anything because their last name is Hitler. Why not marry someone and, and take their name? Third, uh, no, his third child is like, I don't see why we should be concerned about this. He was dad. <laughs> We're not dad. And I'm like, that's based. Well said. That's good thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Hitler is definitely, I mean, 
it's interesting, um, and I, I've noticed this about myself and those I interact with. Sometimes when it comes to um, counteracting certain ideals that we interact with, that we disagree with, um, we don't so much go too far, but we forget where we are meant to stand. And for example, if I'm trying to rag on Stalin and um, and somebody tries to say how much Hitler is worse and then I start to go in on Stalin, it's, it's easy to forget that Hitler was a monster. That is that is the whole gimmick. He was a totalitarian monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was doing some studying for um, both school and for – I don't know if you viewers know this, but I run something called a D&D campaign. I will not speak of it again after this exact moment in history for the rest of my life, um, but I do. Yeah, if they listen to anything else produced by Studio Warlock, they That's true. You mean just, just saying, true. listeners, there's some good stuff out there. Um, I was researching some stuff for an upcoming section of a, a, upcoming section of a campaign that Alex may or, not, may or may not participate in. Um, and I, well, it did involve me researching things involving the Holocaust, and it does um, – there is a reason why people are so much, so much more horrified by the Holocaust than they are by, for example, Holodomor um, or things that happened in so the Soviet Union because the Holocaust was so organized. It, it's it, and, and, and it really opened my eyes to some reasons why people are so horrified by it. It doesn't excuse the fact that they put Stalin on a pedestal as a result, but it does explain why it's so terrifying because it's, oh, yeah, it's like that. It's, it, it's 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 the way it's written out. It's written out like it's like it's a business ledger, like you'd see in a corporation. It's so organized and sterile. It it, it really doesn't. It, it almost belays the horror of it, which is really interesting to me. You're speaking of like how they would raise Stalin on a pedestal in comparison to Hitler, yes. but Stalin was still a horrible person that killed all of his doctors, and that's the reason that he exactly. died. Exactly, and he was a horrible person. Which I still find so funny, because that's like the, the epitome of karma. It really is. Is that, what do we do with all the doctors? Well, we can't have any people smarter than me, so kill all of them. All right, you're having a heart attack. What do you do? Uh, thrash on the floor until I die. He didn't thrash. I mean, nobody knows, because the guards wouldn't go inside. He just kind of fell over. I need a stroke. Uh, but um, yeah, and it was it was interesting because I was listening to something else, and this guy mentioned that uh, he wasn't sure personally if the end game of the German World War II in reality was for world domination or anything like that. Because if you look at Hitler's actions during the end of World War II, he did not double down on his front linemen and stuff like that where they were losing, but instead he doubled down on the Holocaust. Yeah, it definitely and killing the Jew. It definitely seems like and so, Hitler had a couple of different goals that may have been contradictory. Well no, but also this guy's saying that perhaps he was wooing the population of Germany into fighting this war, but in reality he was trying to essentially perform racial genocide. Yeah, that may it makes you think that may have been his goal to hold because the final solution, the concept of it. It's yeah. if you look at I it's it's interesting. I've never had to um I don't think I've ever before this genuinely gone. Maybe maybe I should enjoy some more of Charlie Mop's creation. Um but reading about um the final solution in detail definitely makes you go, damn I could use a drink right now. Um it's it's interesting because reading about it, it's portrayed as though it's like, well, the other ideas didn't work. Let's try this one. But if you look at it deeply, it definitely gives you the sense that this was the plan the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this was the end goal the entire time. They just had to convince them that every other solution didn't work. Which is interesting. And I think um, one of the most interesting conspiracy theories I ever saw, um, which I can get behind because you know I love conspiracy theories, Alex. Um the, the, I love how this is turning into a conspiracy theorist show on the first episode. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, are you familiar with the um, Jewish ghetto uprisings? 
Uh, no, I am not. Um, Please do inform so me. During, dur- during the Nazi regime, um, the Jews did what every true free people try to do, and they tried to fight against their oppressors. Um, it didn't go well, which is interesting the more I look into it. Of course. Because it, it failed in the end. It had a couple good moments, but it failed in the end. And it looks like it failed primarily due to the heavy-handed response of the Nazis and a lack of planning. And that second part is what really gets me. It was a lack of planning. That doesn't seem like something that a people who can – I mean it's very clear. You could see where it was going to go. So it definitely doesn't seem like it's something you do rashly. You plan how you're going to do an uprising. And the most interesting thing I've ever heard is that the Jewish uprisings in the ghettos was planned – by the Germans specifically to give them an excuse to push harder, which is a conspiracy theory I love because it totally fits the idea of a totalitarian state like fabricating also, also a reason to be harder with, and crueler. It also fits with the uh, the German espionage at the time. Oh my goodness. The Nazi espionage. They I should were, be saying German because there were Germans that disagreed with the Nazis. The Russian uh, – the Nazi espionage at the, uh, at the time, which was about getting into – situations and getting yourself into spots where you could not be questioned about what you're doing and then kind of minorly tweaking the ideas like almost like an enchanter in D&D just kind of minorly adjusting what might be happening really and it, it is until oh, sorry uh, until you just reach your end goal mm. and you wind up destroying this place from the inside and no one is the way absolutely and an- that's another thing yeah Another thing I've had to read about was the um, the Gestapo and the, the Nazi intelligence machine. And if the OSS hadn't caught up when it did, wow, they were they were like the some. I mean, some people might say uh, the Nazi uh, the, the 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 Nazi intelligence services were very similar to the CIA if you think about it. Um, but the Nazi <laughs> intelligence services were good. They were good at what they did. Um, it took the collective efforts of several nations to beat them. Um, they yeah. were. I mean, the Russians, I don't know much about theirs, but I know the OSS and the British intelligence services had to team up hard to really give any real challenge towards the Nazi intelligence services. Um, And it really gives you an idea of how much they worked not only outside their country, but as you said, Alex, within their country. And so I definitely mm-hmm. want to put it past them to manufacture a revolt just to give them an excuse, an explanation as to why they should be crueler to these peoples. I mean – I think you've put it best when I've discussed this with you um, about how cleverly the Nazis attempted to blame the Jews for all problems their nation faced. Um, which well, that's th- that's what you do when you have to have a uh, a total a, a essentially totalitarian government. Exactly, is that you have to find some reason why this isn't working. Exactly, and then. Also, real quick, I'd just like to say this before we continue. We are not historians. Do not take this as any kind of word of oh mouth. Oh, my goodness. We Great are both, idea. Uh, yes. Young adults. Very much. Please, sweet goodness, do not say that we are telling facts. Anyways, proceed. Yes, please. Um, listeners, Alex puts it very well. <laughs> I am not a licensed um, historian in this quadrant or in any quadrant, and I will openly state that the corpo um, uh, state cities do not endorse me. Um, outside of that, uh, <laughs> outside of that, um, the it, – it's, it's, it's definitely very interesting that um, while they were working to create a scapegoat for themselves, you can definitely see in how they worked um, that even after um, Hitler was moved from chancellor to um, uh, Führer, you can definitely see that the, even, there, there were, even among some of the more radical, um, the German people – it's very difficult for this. They, they were not openly willing to just walk down the street and drag Jews into the street. I mean, and it's very interesting watching the pro- progression of human decency having to be systematically pulled apart 
um, for this regime to exist. I mean, it was not easy. And in the end, there was still, I mean, all the Austrian resistance happened. I mean, you can find several stories about be they different partisans of different types um, fighting against the Nazis. So it's interesting that it, and it also gives some credence to the uh, conspiracy theory that I read about that the Nazis purposefully created the revolts so that they would have an excuse to crack down. And the thing about it that makes it believable is of course there would be Jews who want to revolt violently because that's the logical thing to do. You rebel against oppression. You rebel violently yeah, and, and intelligently. And also it's, so there's all the, it's a right? thing that has historically happened. Exactly. Sorry. Continue. No, no. It's just – I'm almost done. It's basically the idea that – and it – would it be that hard to do in modern times? I mean, hijacking an already disenfranchised population, you just look for the young adults or the experienced olders, elders who have already begun contemplating the idea of fighting back, and then you just control that. Because when you do that, you're basically guaranteeing you rope in a huge amount of a disenfranchised populace who are contemplating revolution, and now you control them. Now you control them because you have somebody who is saying, hey, that's a great idea, guys. Why don't we do that? Follow me. And this guy who they're following is on your payroll. So now you've got control of a yeah. majority of those who would stand against you. You put them against your own people in a planned revolt. Not only do you then either destroy or arrest them and have control over them, you've also now got a great – like th like a great picture to paint for your people. Like I told you, these guys are bad. I totally, I totally told you guys. I was right. Obviously, it's like a, it's like what we see in Thirteen Hours. It's exactly like that. With, uh, yeah, with the kind of espionage by persuasion. A hundred percent. Um, and 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 yeah. that style of things is really an example of the danger totalitarian governments. Yeah, it is. And like, if you think about it. One of the reasons, and I know this might make a few people upset, but if you're being upset by this, then you shouldn't be listening to this show. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that Nazism, of course, didn't work is because Nazism innately is based in socialism, and socialism typically doesn't work. But one of the ways that – or I shouldn't say typically. To this day, it has not worked because it is a system that will not work because of the system of human <laughs> beings that denies socialism's existence because once you have power, you will continue to have power and no one will give it up and go into communism because Marx didn't take into account the fact that human beings have human nature. Anyways, uh, when you reach into Nazism, it is based in socialism. That is its primary function, essentially, and it is a part of the Socialist Party. The way that socialism works is that you have to have the government have all of its power and everything must go smoothly and everyone should be doing pretty all right. So when someone's not doing pretty all right, then it must be the people who have the power's fault. Well, no, it's not the people who have the power's fault. Uh, it says the guy in power. Mm -hmm. It must be it must be some kind of scandal, some kind of uh, treachery being brought upon us by this uh, Jewish culture within our within our government. And this is popular because typically a lot of people in the past were incredibly anti-Semitic. Mm. Like this is just kind of a fact of life is that a lot of people since the, uh, since the diaspora of the Jew are incredibly anti-Semitic seeing Jews as like stealing jobs or stealing money because bankers, that's like the common stereotype that you always see and stuff like that. And so it's really easy to redirect someone's hostility towards the Jew who is quote unquote, screwing around in government when in reality they're normally not allowed governmental positions and stuff like that because of the fact that they're a it's Jew. It's interesting that um, people go to Jews because of bankers and politicians instead of just blaming bankers and politicians. I mean 
Well, when you're when you're an entirely when your idea is and this is strictly for Nazism when your idea is of the Ubermensch and things like that, which must be made out of your race, the German, then uh, that must mean that there's some other race, some race that is not the Ubermensch, that is not the ultimate person, that would be messing with what is going on within your race and your claim to essentially going beyond morality mm. because that's the idea of the Ubermensch is that he is a person beyond evil and good. He is a person beyond uh, human toils. Essentially he is the theta male, as we mentioned, not the theta male, the, uh, the plimbo male that we mentioned, which is very funny because that's just a modern iteration as a joke of this. But the idea is, is that he's beyond all of these troubles that you have with dealing with other humans and stuff like that. He is someone who can sit above them. Mm. And it's supposed to be that that would come out of the German bloodline, or at least that's what I believe Hitler and Stalin believed. No, not Stalin. I think it was just Hitler. Uh, and yeah. So when you believe that your race, when you have a very racially based idea of your, not just morality, but also entire political statement, then it must be someone from another race causing this problem. Right. It must be this Jew that is infectious or quote unquote infectious, I should say, across all of Europe. Because again, Jews were everywhere. Hence the name Diaspora, the great uh, dispersing. I think that's what it translates yes. to when Jews left Israel. Did the Diaspora happen after Hadrian um, went gamer mode? Uh, no, it happened after Babylon fell. Right. Sorry, I was confused with them. Um, uh, wait, what? No, not Babylon. Persia. Persia. Per oh, okay. uh, the diaspora was something very, very old, and then there was there was a second one that occurred after uh, after Rome fell, I believe. But uh, I might be getting my dates off. But essentially, it was the idea that was the Jews that did not return from captivity, mm -hmm. and then when the empire that was that was housing them essentially. I think it was either, yeah, it had to have been Persia. When Persia fell, they just kind of disseminated across the nations. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not returning to Israel or anything like that, but living other places. Before we um, transition very naturally to the next topic, um, I was going to say, you commented about how the Nazis are socialist. Um, I don't disagree, but I also don't fully agree. The Nazis were socialist partially. Um, but their system. Yeah, Nazism is different than socialist, but it's it's based kind of in. It socialism. very much is. That's what I was trying and, to say. And it was stated to me in a very clever way that Nazism, if you look at the way it modified socialism, it effectively um, modified socialism into a more effective war machine because socialism on its own doesn't really work for a war machine. Um, you need no. It it actually destroys your entire wartime. Exactly. Economy. But if you look at the way yeah. fascism and Nazism worked, and there is a difference between the two, the way they worked, um, it very much lended itself more towards war. Um, and it's interesting because it added just enough, not so much capitalism, but privatization um, that allowed oh. for exactly enough um, innovation to create incredibly impressive war machines without taking away any control from the from the nation itself. Um, so it created a nationalized economy that had just enough creativity to still continue to produce and create the necessary material for a war. Um, so you could think of it as Nazism is just socialism on war. I don't know if that's true, yeah, but that was a point yeah, yeah. put to me, and I thought it was an interesting way of seeing it. That is a very interesting way of seeing it, because you can tell that it was meant for essentially a war, like like it was it was an ideology intentionally created to be at war, 
Like it doesn't function because without war. You can't constantly create the especially, economy. Especially if your ideology is world domination to create the ultimate human being. Correct. Because if you believe that your people are the ultimate human being, then everyone must become one of your people. Exactly. Or die in the in the event that they don't have any German blood in them. Yeah, interesting. Because because that is that is woefully accurate. Hmm. Uh, well said. Oh, um, you know what I never uh, discussed. Have you heard mm -hmm. of when Hadrian? So. Do you know the? Uh, I need to search Hadrian, man. I need to remember. One second. Um. So there's Hadrian's Wall, obviously under Rome, but Emperor Hadrian under Rome, um, once put down a Jewish rebellion that is entertaining to read about, if only because of the way he put it down. Um, the Jews rebelled against the Romans, um, and slaughtered a great many. They slaughtered the Roman legions that were watching over, um, Israel or Judea, I think. Um, and it's very interesting to read about because. The reaction by Rome was – so to give you context for this, remember when the Romans went to Gaul, I believe they only took five legions, maybe seven. Let me check. Um, All right. Getting into, <laughs> getting into some weird territory. No, no, no. I don't so much – This is it's purely the reaction. Yeah. Rome took six legions to invade Gaul. When the yeah. Jews rebelled, Emperor Hadrian took – 13 legions to pacify Israel. And it's very it's very interesting to see historically how um, how the irrational hatred for for, for or, or I guess how how irrational antisemitism is because remember the Gauls well, were in, the Gallic wars were against a barbarian group who were extremely skilled in combat and they only took 6 legions which goes to approximately 24 to 30,000 soldiers. 12 legions is so to many be, <laughs> to be completely fair with romans i'm not sure if it was entirely anti-semitism as it was this is getting annoying because if you look at uh the entirety of jewish history when they were being occupied by rome it's entire just like it's it's antithesis is rebellion revolt this is true very get away true from the, get away from the roman problem and so that's what they do with uh, the Maccabees, which is the famous one. That's what they did with uh, when, when Jesus came. They were like, are you going to get us free from Rome and stuff like that? And of course, Christ was like, no. So that's not the point, my that. man. I'm here to free you. That's so not what I'm far here worse for right now. <laughs> yeah. The, this is something much worse than Rome. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Wink, wink. Stop trying to get out of Rome. And then, of course, they kept trying until they melted their temple. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You should have trying to escape Rome. Literally walked up and said, "Is this made of gold?" Yep. All right, melt it. And then melted the temple. Uh, Adrian did not screw I around. That, I think that the reason that there was so much unrelenting force behind Hadrian's attack is because of the repetitive nature of the Jewish rebellions. So. It might have just been something like, let's get it over with. Actually, yeah, here. Let's just finish um, it. Don't watch it right now. You know what um, I mean? But. Uh, no, hang on. Where is it? Where is it? Trying to figure out where. Ah, here it is. Um, you can also just a, just a preemptive for the next segue. We're going to be slamming from ancient history real quick to modern That's, history. That sounds great to me. Um, I. Would love for you to watch. I'm going to send it to you in a moment, um, so you can transition if you'd like. I would love for you to watch this right. at some point. 
Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it next time. Um, <laughs> I think that you would really enjoy this video. Um, anyway, you were saying. Oh, uh, in the in the case of modern history, I was looking at things again earlier this week, uh, and I honestly don't want to dive down deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole that I know little to nothing about because goodness, ancient history is so in depth. But uh. <laughs> Sorry, the thumbnail of that video just popped up and I saw Adrian with the red eyes. Uh, anyways, uh, recently I was watching Game Grumps, of course, and uh, Danny mentions the radioactive music video. And it's funny to me because I had never seen the video. And so my brother and I had always looked at it and been like, oh, you can make such like a cool music video with this where it's like a guy killing zombies or something like that after he got a after got out of like a stasis pod or something like that. It is not at all. Here, let me send you a let me send you a link. It's surprisingly completely weirder than anything you could think of. Just like skip through this. Don't even like start playing it. I see this video. It's yeah, it <laughs> it's not like, oh, a zombie fight. Well, okay, one, the guy's in a cave. The guy who's singing, yeah. the main singer of Imagine Dragons, is in a cave singing, which we will get back to. Uh, and the cave looks a bit more like a warehouse. We will also get back to that. But it's a essentially cockfighting, but with puppets. Oh, and I've seen that. I've seen so that. So strange that they picked that direction because it's it's not it's not like oh the people fighting with the stuffed animals are all like using their imagination. No, the people fighting with the stuffed animals are fully grown. Uh, what looks to be like the seedy underbelly of Mexico men. You know what I mean? Cause like even like the, the opening cut establishes that they're somewhere in either the Southern bit of America or they're, I, I should say the U S not South America, but the U S or they're across like the Mexican border. And then they're all wearing like the cowboy hats and fedoras and t-shirts as they're standing around this wood pallet ring where this monster is standing and just tearing apart other stuffed animals. And it's like, is this just because you couldn't show cockfighting or did you really think that this would go in a good direction? I, cause it's, it's so strange. <laughs> I was watching it and I was laughing cause I couldn't believe that they were just like, what do we do? Well, we want a dumpy pink teddy bear to kill a monster of a uh, Frankensteinian, uh, stuffed animal beast. <laughs> And it it brings me so much pain and at the same time so much joy. I that 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 video I, I could have sworn that was a fever dream I had. You know, this is why. This is why you manage the amount of spice you do, kids. Alright? You're not a guild navigator and you don't live in the depths of the desert. You do not need spice, I promise you that. And no one has genetically breeded you to become the specific antithesis of the human race. Exactly. So. There's no point to uh, ever I think I'm using the word antithesis. There's wrong. no reason to ever use spice. Anyway, I've got this fantastic new AI I just built. <laughs> it definitely will not start jihad. <laughs> if only the AI had one. That would have been better for everyone involved, really. I mean, to be fair, yeah. You wouldn't wind up with mentats, you just wind up with robots running the galaxy. Anyway, put your hand in this box. But <laughs> uh, there's a video coming on that soon, actually. But uh this then brought me to of course, the, the first recommended music video beyond this, and then a bunch of other 2010s and uh, and 
early 20 teens music videos and the interesting thing is that this has both been recommended uh on the day that i was watching this before and today like i I just have to scroll down one click and then find this and it's counting stars the one republic song uh once again filmed in i'm pretty sure just about the same year if not only a, a little bit later i actually enjoy that music video also in a warehouse what? I actually enjoy that music. I like the way they portray Christians. I really do they, enjoy they, they, this they don't do it too. in a way that's like derogatory or like insane. It, it, I like that it, it just shows them in a very, very lively service, which is pretty cool to me. Yeah, well, it, it could be uh, I, it could be either like a lively service or it could be like a uh, like a what do you call it? Inspirational speaker. But um, with Counting Stars, they are again in a warehouse. Which is a weird consistency. Why? And then I looked at more music videos, and it's more warehouses. Maybe warehouses and are really cheap to rent. No, what is the obsession? It's only from 2010 and, like, 2012. What is the obsession with 2010s to 2013s music videos being filmed in warehouses? That is it. Well... Because then you move from there, to be, and you get to stages. To be fair, to be, to be, to be, to be 100% um, honest, have you considered... A lot of actors and uh, famous uh, singers were probably involved in uh, warehouses a lot um, during the years of 2011 and 2012 with a very interesting man named Jeffrey. Oh, sorry, what? Oh, yikes, man. I'm going to have to cut that. Yeah, cut what? <laughs> cut what? Uh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> that's a bit that's getting removed. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't say his name. Anyone can be named Jeffrey. Anyways, speaking of warehouses, uh, <laughs> yes. Ah, merciful heavens. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just weird to me because, like, it, why? Why is it? Why is it so common? Is it could be that you could be completely correct that warehouses are incredibly cheap to rent or perhaps they are really easy to set up like an acoustic set in that's true i didn't that, think about that, could that also be a thing is that you could very easily set up a way of recording the singer's voice and like all of the instruments very easily and perhaps the room noise actually plays to that but just like looking at it it's so weird because like the music video more often than not like the actual video portion of it where it's not the guy singing has Little to nothing to do, besides, I'd have to say, with Counting Stars, little to nothing to do with what is going on in the song. Because, like, you look at Radioactive, is the assumption that this teddy bear is radioactive or what's going on? You know what I mean? And it's just fascinating to me, the direction that people will go with, uh, with music videos that is so wild and weird it just because i guess they can i don't know it's also funny to me that uh the same time that i viewed this a bunch of other people started writing comments on it i wonder if this is other people coming back to it from like years ago or if this is other people that thought like oh yeah i haven't watched the uh like like if this if these are grump fans that came back because they haven't watched it in literally years and Danny mentioned it, like, I think, like, two weeks ago. That would be very funny. It would be very funny. Beyond <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Beyond hilarious. Beyond hilarity. Truly. Uh, 
You know, it's funny because we've been talking for only about 40 minutes. And uh, yeah, I just I just timestamped this. I'm going to have to blur that. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking for a hot minute and it feels like we've already been talking for an hour. It does, doesn't it? It really does. It does. Well, probably because we packed so much information into Nazi and um, Nazi and Justin Trudeauian conspiracy theories. Uh, speaking of which, have you read? Um, this might wind up getting me canceled, but I don't care. Have you read the uh, uh, interdimensional space uh, space insurance? The Tom Stranger books. I've listened. I've listened them. to them to, with you. You have to listen to them, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't sure if you'd gotten all the way to the end because there is a there is a bit at the end of the second book that's um, Justin Trudeau, but it's of course voiced by Adam Baldwin, so he makes him sound uh, much more childlike. But uh, it's Justin Trudeau saying these, or or these meetings were always more fun when my real father, I mean Fidel Castro, was here, and that's that's where I got the like first spike of like oh wait is that like an actual conspiracy theory and then i just like brushed it off until i saw castro in the uh in the news articles and then i saw trudeau in modern news articles and i was like huh that is funny is this an actual conspiracy theory then you just dive deeper and deeper and deeper down the depths of this this hole that you wind up digging for yourself (sighs) i still find that super hilarious Beyond hilarious, really. Beyond hilarity. I did not expect this podcast to go in that direction. All right, so we're going to start our podcast with something really simple. Um, so Plimble or Theta Male at the end of the podcast. So um, the Nazi regime and Roman emperors as well as Fidel Castro. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Urban Dictionary. All right, what are we talking about now? Um, Genocide. <laughs> Soviet conspiracy theories. Remember, guys, actual Soviet history. there's another word for conspiracy theories. Accurate foretelling. Accurate for prophecies. Remember, guys, at this point, modern conspiracy <laughs> theories are like the weather reports. You can call them wrong all you want, but when it starts raining, they were right. To be fair, when you start looking at the Babylon Bee and... Uh, and they start having to get more and more crazy because the things that they used to be saying are becoming accurate. You know that something is going wrong. I've been saying these things uh, for years. People said I was a conspiracy theorist. Now they come to me and asking what's going to happen next. Yeah, it does happen. I told you little Timmy shouldn't go visit Hollywood, but you didn't listen to me. Also, I, I just went back to uh, to Plimbo Mail, like the, the tab that I had open. Uh, and when they reference the god Plimbo, it just goes back to another description of uh of plimbo mail i guess because like you, you remember the first description yeah. correct yeah uh this this is the description for plimbo not plimbo mail and it's a plimbo or plimbo male slash female is a person who is outstandingly powerful they show no fear in situations and absolutely tower over a- above any sigma male slash female oh my gosh so, one, there's that viewing of it. The other one is that they have no need for their corporeal form. But then I noticed another thing. There's a link to just the clay as, like, one object. Uh, and it's, quote, when five or more people poop in succession at the same toilet, filling it to the top. Which is so weird, because the the tag is much like the clay deity, Plimbo. But, 
Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so does this does this mean that the the deity Plimbo is made of poo? Not just a small amount of poo. Also, this is apparently known to be done in Maryland. With five participants. Why specifically Maryland? Uh, <laughs> okay, I, need, I, need, I need to DM you this. God, give me <laughs> strength. I'm reading ahead. I'm reading ahead and it's too funny. Uh, I don't recommend going to the Urban Dictionary too terribly often, viewers or listeners. But um, <laughs> if you want to look up the clay... And you don't mind looking at a, a couple of words of profanity. The act is done by first Go making ahead. the batting order of what? <laughs> Takes point outside of the stall, keeping watch and preventing some other... <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, but I just love the term, and I'm not going to say the actual term, but the crappers. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Because it's underlined in blue, meaning it's a link. Oh gosh, I'm looking at my audacity, and at oh, one just... point it just turns into a block of blue. <laughs> I may be too close to the mic. Maybe just a little bit. I'll fix it. It's fine. <laughs> you were saying. Oh, okay. The 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 rabbit holes that you can fall down is is very funny. I'm just gonna title this rabbit holes because that's all that we've been doing. Uh when you click on the tag that uh, I refer to as the crappers, uh, it just reverts you to the crapper, no S at the end, uh, and it's another term for a toilet. Uh, now, this is interesting to me because every word in that sentence, besides 4A, is underlined in blue. That is hilarious. Meaning, once again, it is a link. And toilet links you to toilet verb to ride a baby gorilla while doing TikTok dances, eating mac and cheese, and fighting space aliens. <laughs> what does term lead you to? I cannot wait to learn about this. The term is a term. The term is word that describes a body or building of letters formed into a descriptive complication. Okay. That that's actually that is actually surprisingly accurate, but they use term four times in the same in the same paragraph. Which is giving my writer brain a headache, but uh they also use term in the definition of term, which is a touch irritating. But it is the Urban Dictionary. What can you do? Uh, and then another, which is, you know, just a word, links you to a hella good horror anime that can... <laughs> but can have quite some blood in some scenes. What? Now, hella good is underlined as the same word. Blood in is underlined as the same word. And scenes is underlined as one word. What does hella good mean? I an amazing song by no doubt <laughs> a very or really amazingly good and then three is me <laughs> i i am frightened you know, by all of this if i'm being 100 percent honest i just i just went back like three pages and, and got put to the crapper 
but it's still making me giggle. Uh, <laughs> shit number five. I can't read this full definition because there are obscenities in it and I want to keep this clean. I could bleep it out. That would be fine. You should do that. That'd be hilarious. All right. It's not going to be the entire thing. I'm just going to bleep out all the obscenities. But uh, most commonly, uh, so this is this is the clay, everybody. This is the act of the clay because apparently this is an act, something you do. Uh, when five or more people poops in succession in the same toilet, filling it to the top. Most commonly done in restaurants in Maryland with five participants. The act is done first by marking a batting order of the shitters. Shitter five takes point outside of the stall and keeps watch and preventing some other poor bastard from laying their ass on the cauldron of poo. Shitter one goes into the stall and makes his business, and then, <laughs> then layer it on over with toilet paper. He leaves and alerts Shitter 2, who is standing on deck outside the bathroom. That is now his time to shine. Shitter 1 tells 3 to go on deck outside the bathroom, and then proceeds to report itself to the other Shitters until all of them have gone besides the one keeping watch. Lastly, Shitter 5, or whomever is keeping watch, goes, layers it, and attempts to flush. The, the result should produce a clay fit. A clayish substance that does not move. And there is an enter before does not and move. Why is this a thing? Why is it so funny? I should have never gone to the Urban Dictionary. You should never have left. Oh, and also the, the Omega Mail came up finally. A confident and capable male that does not seek approval or ability by social hierarchy. He sets his own goals and defines his own success. Goodness, I think I might have already read that, but it's still funny because that was open in another tab. Uh, I've laughed too much today. Anyways, you want to talk about anything? I think, actually, I think that, I think we, we just did an hour mark, the hour marker. So I think that's all the time we have. We did just at the hour marker, so that might be good. All right. Well, that seems like the show. And uh, what a roller coaster this was. Folks, we've thoroughly enjoyed having you on. And um, I guess my last piece of advice um, anytime anyone walks in your door, ask them if they have a warrant. And while they explain, use that to uh, activate the claymores you laid under your doorstep. As, of course, you always should. Always. I've been Alex. That's been Luke. This has been the show. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, y'all. This is the part of the show where I thank all of our patrons. And, oh, there's only one. Well, thank you. I'm going to assume that's pronounced Sonia Minch. And if you want to join amongst the legions of patrons that we have, then uh, go and check out our Patreon, Studio Warlock on Patreon. You'll get stuff like audio recordings or animations early, and other things of the sort, such as all of the scripts to Legion of Stars and what might come after that, and so on and so forth, as well as some sketches for, again, animatics for the future videos, and if I ever start releasing videos earlier than I'm supposed to, then you'll get them earlier there. Fun stuff, so behind-the-scenes content and other things of that sort. Anyways, safe travels, and happy hunting.